Chronicles 15. Well, uh, we'll see how this is going to go. I typically like to have a good amount of time to prepare, but uh, it's all right. So I found out yesterday that I'd be preaching, Um, and it had dawned on me while I was trying to get something together, uh, why do I wait until I have to preach to study and get something prepared? So next time Pastor gets sick, I think uh, I'm going to try to have something prepared ahead of time, Uh, that way I don't, you know, don't feel the, the crunch and the, you know, the nerves and... Uh, all of that kind of stuff, but but uh, I think the Lord will be in it, so I pray you get something out of it, and uh, I pray it's a blessing. We're going to go back to basics this evening. Uh, I think it's pretty important to do that quite often, um, not just in our own personal devotions, uh, but from the pulpit as well, and it makes it a little easier on me to, to preach the message, so Second Chronicles 15. Starting here in verse number 1, we're just going to read 1 through 7. It says, And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while, uh, while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. Verse number three, now for a long season Israel hath been without the true God, and and without a teaching priest, and without law. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel, and sought him, he was found of them. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in, but great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries." And nation was destroyed of nation, and city of city, for God did vex them with all adversity. Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Uh, Brother Rob, do you mind praying for us? All right, so this is probably going to be a, a shorter message. I'm not going to stand up here and try to just beat around the bush just to make sure we hit the 40-minute mark. Um, but there are some really important things here that I think we need to remember. Uh, a matter of fact, there's a bunch, a bunch of verses throughout Scripture uh, about remembering things uh, in, in general. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God i got a question for you. Why do you think it is the Lord says that thou shalt remember the Lord thy God? It's because we often forget. Mark 8.18 says, Having eyes see ye not, and having ears hear ye not. And do ye not remember? This was Jesus Christ talking to the disciples. The disciples had gotten on the boat and realized they didn't have any bread with them. But Jesus had just fed thousands of people through a miracle 
And he asks them, like, wait, what? You're freaking out over the fact that you, you don't have any bread with you? Because the passage says that they had forgotten to take bread for themselves. Do you not remember? Luke 17 says, remember Lot's wife. Paul says, watch and remember. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus. 2 Thessalonians 2, 5 says, Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? Jude says, but beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken. 2 Peter 3, 1, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your, uh, your pure minds by way of remembrance. And then in Revelation over there it says, Remember from whence thou art fallen. Jesus said, talking to one of the churches. So there, there seems to be a theme throughout Scripture that God really wants us to, to remember the things it was that He had already told us. And so although I think we're uh, going back to basics here this, this evening, I think it's an important thing to remember. Especially in this day and age. Uh, look, I, I believe firmly that we are getting close to the coming of Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm not just saying that, you know, to try to be spiritual or something. I, I firmly believe it. And no, I don't base it off of uh, conspiracy theories or anything like that. You know, oh, they're getting the, the, the microchip ready to implant us and that sort of thing. Like, you know, whatever, whatever the, the mark may be, uh, we're certainly getting closer to that day and age. I mean, a, a cashless society and that sort of thing. I, I was actually at a... Uh, um, a meeting with a, a branch ma- manager at a local bank, and she had told me that uh, 50% of all PNC bank branches must be, ca- must be cashless by 2025. You know, a few years ago, if, if you had told me the, the things around COVID and, and everything that had there transpired, that that kind of stuff was going to be happening, I, I probably would have, you know, said, oh, you know, I, I guess it's possible, but I, I don't really... I don't really see millions and millions of people being swept up in some sort of, you know, movement to, you know, all cover their faces and, you know, show their COVID passport or whatever it might be. But, but a few years later, I, I think most of us can easily see how, yeah, yeah, the, the world environment is definitely, uh, the, the stage is being set. And uh, it's not something to get nervous or scared about. It's something to get excited about. Um, you know, if, if, if the world around us falls apart, uh, glory to God, because I don't need the world. <laughs> um, I, I've got this book here, and i got uh, a bunch of people here sitting in front of me, uh, my friends, my family, and uh, I think we'll be, we'll be just fine. But regardless of how the coming years may uh, work themselves out, it, it's clear that the devil is going to ramp up the pressure. Um, I don't believe that the devil knows when the rapture is going to be. But I guarantee you he's got a better sense of the times and seasons than we do as Christians, as sad as that that is. Um, Scripture tells us how many will give heed to seducing spirits and, and doctrines of devils, and many shall depart from the faith. Many shall depart from the faith. But Christian, that doesn't mean that you have to be a part of that many. So I want to look at a few verses here on the, the pattern of stability, okay? How, how to be a, a stable Christian. 
as the world around us gets crazier, I think it's going to become even more and more, and more and more important to just simply be a stable Christian. Verses 1 through 7, we, we read them already, but one of the first things that we're going to need if we're going to be a stable Christian is, and this is going to be real basic, but it's going to be belief in the Word of God. Belief in the Word of God. If, if we look here in verse number Three. It says, Now for a long season, Israel hath been without the true God, without a teaching priest, and without law. So Israel was walking around for years, with, for a long time, the passage says. And they didn't have any of those things that they needed to, to help them in their walk with God. One of the things they needed is the, was the Word of God and and the, the prophet, the, the priest, had come to them and, and preached this message. And he spoke to the king, Asa, um, and, and, and gave him this message of, Hey, you need to seek the Lord. And if you seek the Lord, you'll find Him. Now, years ago, when I was about five years old, I got saved. But it wasn't for uh, years after that until I actually really devoted myself to Jesus Christ and really tried to actually start serving him. I, I didn't, you know, I was raised in a quote-unquote Christian home, but I didn't really know what that looked like. I didn't really know what that meant. I didn't have the Word of God in front of me. I, I might have had a, a, you know, a family structure that had some good biblical principles, but I didn't know where those principles came from. I didn't, I didn't know exactly why we did what we did. But man, when, when I came into this church and, I, and I, I sat down and I started to listen to this book being preached, man, it completely opened my eyes to, to things that I had been missing out on entirely. And so I know we're hard on the world around us, but I often think perhaps the, the reason the world is the way they are is because they just don't have the book. Now, I know a lot of them don't want it. Most of them probably don't. But, man, I, I needed this book and, and I didn't have it. I wanted it, I didn't even know I wanted it until I found it in front of me, until I was sitting there in the pew and I, I heard these words being preached. And, and we need to go back to that, that mindset we had when we, when we first got saved, when, when we first fell in love with truth, when we, when we looked at the Word of God for what it truly is, for the power that it has, for the fact that it was because of that book that we learned of salvation and it's because of that book that we... We figured out how to be a good, a good father and a good husband, and we need this book. And I know it's, it's basic and, and, and a simple truth, but, but it's a truth that, that remains at the foundation of our Christianity. And it's something that we must remember. We need this book. And, and the Israelites here, they didn't have it until this, this prophet came along and gave it to them. And, if you look at in, in verse number 2 where it says, And he went out to meet Asa, talking about the, the prophet, um, and, he, and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while ye be with him, and if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. If you're not seeking God, you're going to forsake your fellowship with him. Look, it's easy, to, uh, it's easy to come into church and, and, you know, just go through the routine, put on the nice clothes, put on the deodorant, 
brush your teeth, look nice and fancy. I gelled my hair today, you know. <laughs> it's easy to, to go through the, the routine without ever actually stopping to consider whether or not you're, you're seeking, seeking the one who saved you. If you're not seeking him, then you're, you're forsaking that fellowship. And as a result of this, look at verses 5 and 6. And it says, in, in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in, but great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. We'll just stop right there for now. When, when you're not seeking the Lord, you no longer have that, that peace within, as that passage mentions. There's great vexations that come upon you. You can come on into church in your suit. You can come on in and you can go on out. And that, that peace within you is no longer there. And if you've been here any length of time, you know what I'm talking about when you're just going through the motions. It doesn't matter where you are, whether you're going into work or whether you're, you know, you're, you're getting into bed at night, ready to, to hunker down and, and wake up the next day or, you know, whether you're even going on vacation, no matter where you are and where you go, if you, if you don't have that fellowship with God like you used to have, you, you know what I'm talking about, that, that peace is no longer there. I want to talk about being a stable Christian this evening. And, and these things that, that I'm mentioning here, they're, they're, they're all prefaced on, on, on having that love for the Word of God. If you're, if you're diving into that book, if when the, the preacher comes to you and, and preaches a message and you receive it with, with open and willing minds and hearts, then, then well, I, I, think, uh, I think you'll find that the Lord's standing right there next to you. But if you close off your ears, if you decide, yeah, no, I'm not going to seek the Lord, I'm, I'm fine, I'm comfortable the way I am, well, then you won't have any peace within you either. And it's difficult, though, I know, because, I mean, look at verse number 7. It says, Be ye strong, therefore... And let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Now, now this is important because the, the chapter before here, King Asa had fought a million-man army. That's, that's quite a few people. <laughs> and so when you come to this verse, verse number 7, and he tells you, hey, don't be weak, I, I would probably be pretty quick to put up my hand and say, yeah, but Lord... <laughs> Do you know how much work I just had to go through to get here? Do you understand how many people I just had to slay? And you're telling me, don't be weak? Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak? Well, the, the, the problem is, is that when we get into a situation where we no longer are seeking the Lord, or when we get to a point where we're forsaking Him, you start relying on your own strength. And, and we see in the, in the coming passage, chapter number 16, that the prophet actually tells Asa, look, the only reason you won that previous battle was because of the Lord. You didn't do it in your own strength. And so if you get to the point where, where your, your hands are weak and, 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 uh, and you're no longer strong, it, it's, it's easy to get focused in on yourself and, and, and to look at the... You know, the misery of your own situation, the frailty of, of who you are, and realize, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And, and you, you forget that it was the Lord you were dependent on in the first place. 
I, I, I didn't trust the, 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 the Lord to only partially save me and then for me to do the other half of the work. I, I put my faith entirely into what it was Jesus Christ did on that cross. And, and to be honest with you, after, after, after trying to grow in the Lord for, for years after salvation... I again had to come to the realization that, that I can't even serve the Lord just going about my life day to day. I can't serve Him in, in that, in the power of the flesh either. Right. The, the, the very method that I, I came to Jesus Christ with for, for salvation, that this humbling of, of spirit is the exact same kind of perspective you need when you go throughout your entire Christian life. Amen. Be strong, therefore, and let you... Not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. I, I think we should be, be strong, not just because of the consequences that, that come of having no fellowship with God, but because your, your work is going to be judged. When, when you do what you do for Christ, do you do it with a, an eternal perspective of, a, of a, an, an eternal reward? You say, oh, I'm not thinking about gold and silver, precious stones. Okay, but are, are you thinking about that smile on Jesus Christ's face when you do something that pleases Him? We're going to go through the, the rest of these points pretty quick, but the, the first point there was just to focus on the belief in the Word of God and then uh, some of those things that, that follow if, if we don't have that. The, the next thing I want to look at here is that we not only need a, a belief in the Word of God, but... We, we need to put off certain things as well. Look at verse number 8. When Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Oded the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of, the, all, out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. Christian, there are some things in your life, I guarantee you, every single one of you sitting here, there are some things in your life right now that you need to put off. And that's convicting on multiple levels because there's going to be things that you've been trying to put off for years. There's going to be new faults and sins that you've only recently discovered you struggle with that you need to put off. And and no matter how old you get, you realize more and more, hey, there's another thing I need to put off. Here's a, the more you grow, the more you realize how wicked of a sinner you are and, and how there's always going to be more things you need to put off. But if we're going to have that fellowship with the Lord, if, if we're going to be a stable Christian, somebody who's not uh, uh, you know, blown to and fro by, by different winds of doctrine, you need, to, you need to be able to put off certain things that the Lord disapproves of. And uh, that, that, can be, that can be trying and difficult. And I'm not just talking about sins of the flesh. Th- those can be uh, difficult to put off, but uh, you can put those off just over sheer willpower oftentimes. But some of the things that are more difficult are often sins of the Spirit, things that really uh, infect the soul. Sins like pride, sins like envy. For envy, they crucified the Lord, right? I think sometimes we don't even realize 
all of the stuff we're actually guilty of. But we need, to, we need to put off certain things. We need to put off the old man. This, this verse here says that they, they tore down all those idols. But, but you know what they didn't do? They didn't just tear down the idols and then build new ones the day after that. They, they replaced it with something. They replaced it with something, otherwise those idols would have come right back. And, and it says in verse 8 there that they replaced it with the altar of the Lord. Renewed the altar of the Lord. You need to replace your idols, Christian, with an altar. And that, that's one of the points of getting down here after service, is it not? Is that you've got something in your life that you know the Lord doesn't want you to have. Something that you know you need to that you need to get rid of. And, and so you come on down and you, and you kneel at the altar and you say, Lord, take this. Lord, I, I'm yours. Please take this from me. Please forgive me. And, you, and you're, as King Asa did there, you're destroying those idols in your life. Real basic stuff. <laughs> Stay in the book, right? And get to the altar. It doesn't got to be this physical altar. You know that? You know I walk around everywhere with an altar? I'm not going to pull it out of my pocket or nothing. He says, pick up your cross, right? Follow him. What is that cross? That thing's an altar. That's an altar where, where Jesus Christ, the last and final sacrifice, laid down and, and gave himself for me. And, and every time I've got things that are just way too heavy for me to carry... Well, that altar's right there next to me. <laughs> we need to put off certain things, Christians. Third thing here, verse number 9. And he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers with them out of Ephraim and Manasseh and out of Simeon. For they, for they uh, fell to him out of Israel in abundance when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. I like that verse. I like that verse a lot because uh, when I came to Bible Believers, for the first time, I, I, was, I was sitting on this side, kind of right in the middle there, and, and it, it's kind of funny because when, when Pastor tells you um, from his perspective, perspective what I looked like, you know, from, from his view, I looked like I, you know, everything was just kind of going right over my head. I, I had a very stern look on my face. Um, you know, my appearance was, meh, <laughs> you know, disheveled and earrings and all that kind of thing. And, um, but, but from my perspective, from, from my view, this was the first time in my life that I had heard somebody get up, preach this book, and more importantly, believe what they were preaching. I had never seen that before in my life. I had been to church my entire life. And yet I had never seen the conviction that Pastor Mike had about what he believed. I sat there and I, and I realized... God was in this place. When they saw 
that the Lord his God was with him. In the end of verse, verse 9 there. People gathered around. People came from all over. People started driving from an hour away. Because <laughs> they saw that the Lord was there. So again, it's basic, but Christian, if, if you want to be a stable Christian, <laughs> then gather yourselves together like Israel did, among a man who, who is honestly doing his best to serve the Lord. Amen. We need it, especially if the days are going to get, get worse ahead of us. I'm going to finish up here, just a couple more points. Real quick, verse, uh, verse number 11. And they offered unto the Lord the same time of the spoil which they had brought, 700 oxen, 7,000 sheep. Now, I don't think that's a, that's a light offering there. I mean, it's kind of weird to, to uh, I guess, uh, lay, out, lay out your net worth in terms of uh, oxen and sheep. But I don't think I have 7,000 sheep worth of money, <laughs> you know. That's that, and that's an offering. That wasn't like, you know, the, their whole operation. That, man, I, I think we often forget how important it is to bring the Lord something. More importantly, something that, that really means something to us. Christian, if we're going to be a stable Christian, Christian then... Then we need to get some of these things down. We need to dive back into the book and treat it seriously so that we're actually seeking the Lord. We need to be strong. Don't let your hands get weak despite the, the, the battle raging around us. We need to gather ourselves together around somebody who's really trying to serve the Lord and, and help lead us in the right direction. But we also really need to take this thing personal, not, not just as a as some sort of corporate thing, but we, we need to get to the point where we really are willing to offer something of importance to God. And I think oftentimes we don't because, probably because we're Americans. We're really comfortable with the way we're living. But, but this, this offering is important because it, it comes before something that, that, that just adds on top, on top of this. It's, if you look at the, the next few verses, verses 12 through 15, so they offer the offering in verse 11. Verses, verse 12 comes around, it says, And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. So you've got to understand, they, they couldn't have done this without that offering first. They needed to be clean before the Lord. Are you clean here this evening? I, I know you're saved. I know you're born again, but you just came in from a, a dirty world, right? Are you clean this evening? Maybe that's why you're here this evening. You're, you're trying to get cleaned up. They got cleaned up in, in verse 12. They entered a covenant. It says they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord. Uh, God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. Verse 13, that whatsoever would... Uh, that whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman. And they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice, and with shouting, and with trumpets, and with cornets. And all of Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart, and sought him, uh, and sought him with their whole desire, and he was found of them. 
and the Lord gave them rest round about. So, so when you get to a point where you're finally willing to, to offer God a sacrifice, there, there needs to come on the, on the heels of that, of that some sort of commitment. There, there needs to be some, and, and I've done this before, I mean, I'm sure most people here can probably think of commitments that you've made to the Lord that you have since forgotten about <laughs> or broken a few times. There have been plenty of things where I've said, you know, I'll never do that again. And then you find yourself in the same exact spot later. But if we're going to be able to be stable Christians, we, we need to make some sort of a, a commitment to the Lord. You, you, can't, you can't treat your Christianity flippantly. You can't just say, oh, you know, this is, it's not really important. I'm, I'm just here to live my life. No, what we're doing here is extremely important and and every single one of us needs to be able to have some sort of some sort of commitment to the Lord. And I don't know what that is. I mean, that commitment might be, Lord, I'm going to try to win one person this year to you. I'm, I'm going to try to see one person saved. I'm, I mean, do, do you not have like, I mean, you think about a, a father and son relationship, a, a mother and daughter relationship. Do you, do you not try to have some sort of... Um, I mean, a relationship, something that's ongoing and moving and, and, and you know, fluid, like there, there's, there's romance there between a husband and wife, there's love there between a, a mother and a kid, and, you know, there's, you make promises to each other, you, you, you try to, As a son growing up, I wanted to try to make my dad proud. Do we not try to do that with our Heavenly Father? Saying, hey, I, I want to try to do this. E- even, even when the, the dad knows that, look, you're not helping at all <laughs> trying to do this. You know? Liv- Livni, she loves mixing the, you know, the eggs with the flour whenever she's, mom's making pancakes or something or... I don't know, are there eggs and pancakes? Whatever, whatever they make. Um, and it just, it goes everywhere. You know, she's just mixing and it's splashing up. But she's trying to help. She's, try, she, she's got a relationship there with mom. And, and I think we, we need to get, get to a point in our Christian life, if, if we're going to be stable Christians, we need to have some sort of, hey, Lord, this is, this is my goal. This is what I'm going to try to do for you this year. And, and I ask you that it, if you could help me do this, let's then raise it to the next level and let keep growing. Christian is the is the point. But but there's a there's going to come a point where where there's a testing of this commitment. You know, Lord, I, I'm I'm always going to serve you, right? Okay, careful, because <laughs> there's going to come a point where every commitment you make sees a, a a test. And and when we see in verse 16 here. Now, now, they had just made this commitment to God, right? They're going to serve Him. And, and, and what was the commitment? Do you remember? We read it. that Anybody who doesn't serve Him will be put to death. All right, well, and also concerning uh, ma- ma- matcha? Isn't that like a tea you drink or something? Ma- the mother of a- uh, Asa, the king, he removed her from being queen because she had made an idol in a grove, and Asa cut down her idol and stamped it and burnt it at the brook Kidron. So that, 
that commitment you make, you guys, is going to be tested. I guarantee you, when he found out that his own mother was doing something she shouldn't, that commitment was tested. You make a commitment to come to church this coming Sunday, despite what family might say, despite all the pressure you're going to get. It's Christmas Day. Come on, come spend it with the family. You'll get that pressure. That commitment of yours will be tested. No, I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm done with that. But your buddy says, hey, why don't you come on out Friday night? No, you don't got to drink. I know you don't drink. You don't got to drink. Just come chill with us. That commitment's being tested. That commitment will be tested all throughout our life, Christian. Now, now this, this story kind of at ends in a, in a uh, sad way. Because we, we see a lot of positive things. I mean, Israel's turning to God. Um, you know, they're getting rid of the, the idols and, and, and dedicating themselves to Him again. And, and we can see a lot of things in here that are applicable to the Christian life and, and I think are, are, are the basics but are important. But let's look at verse, verses 17 through 19, and we'll close this out. It says, But the high places were not taken away out of Israel. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was perfect all his days. And he brought into the house of God the things that his father had dedicated, and that he himself had dedicated silver and gold and vessels. And there was no more war until the five and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa. You say, oh, that sounds great. It ended pretty well. Yeah, but because of his little bit of compromise there, because he didn't hold to that commitment that he had to God 100%, when we come to the next chapter, he completely rejects the word of the Lord. So all of a sudden, we've gone full circle. We started with having to, to treat the, the Word of God with utmost respect and, and, and to, to love it, to dive into it. You ought to be, that, that needs to be your, your foundation. The, you need to be planted on the Word of God. You need to love that book. And, and Asa responded well at first because of the, the love of the, the, the Word of God. That prophet came and said, hey, you're doing stuff wrong. You need to be doing things differently. And he originally responded in a very positive way. But there was a little bit of compromise in his commitment. And when it comes to chapter 16, if you want to look at um, verse number 9, uh, let's just do verse number 9 and 10. Oh, well, let's do, let's do 8, 9, 10. Talking about, this is talking about the previous chapter, chapter 14, the battle that he won against the, the million soldiers. It says, Were not the Ethiopians and the, the Lubims a huge host with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, 
Therefore, from henceforth thou shalt have wars. And look at Asa's response in verse 10. Then Asa was wroth with the seer and put him in a prison house, for he was in a rage with him because of this thing. And Asa oppressed some of the people the same time. So we clearly see that things come full circle and his response to the word at this point is to reject it. And at that point he no longer uh, can, be, can be viewed as a, a stable king or a stable Christian. Our stability in our Christian life comes first and, and foremost from that, that response to the word of God, you guys. And I, it is my hope and prayer that we don't ever lose that. Uh, we have something extremely special here. Um, and I think we often forget how, how special it really is. Uh, we, we get used to things going really well when you're on that mountaintop. You forget to check the tank to see if there's any gas in it. You forget to, to really seek the Lord as the, the passage had mentioned. You, you get to that mountaintop and, and you stop seeking the Lord because things are going well. That, that the engine in your car, if you will, breaks down once you get to the top. and You know, because now, now you're starting to go down the other side. You're, you're starting to go downhill. You, you can't really tell that hey, the car ain't working. Not until you get down in that valley and you got no way of getting out. And that cycle repeats. So Christian, I, I just pray that you'd be a, be a stable Christian. Stay in that book. Commit yourself to the Lord. Don't forsake Him. And uh, if we can do that, I think we'll finish faithfully. Alright, let's go to the Lord in prayer.